right, jumping into chapter 18 here. Jesus is finished with his ministry. His ministry on earth here is definitely coming to a close. He knows that he's going, and he's instructed his disciples that he's going to suffer many things. He's even going to be betrayed and denied. And all these things are are getting ready to take place here. Can you imagine what that but, would have been like to know, like, the things that are coming? No, I like, can't that's imagine. That's insane. That was, and in, in, if you've been with us here in this whole upper room portion, the last cu- past couple of chapters of John, there's a lot of information that Christ gave him uh, at one time. And even then, he's like, I got a lot more I could say, but yeah, it's going to be a minute. But that's all. Yeah, you know, they, they definitely had to process a lot of information, and, and they definitely couldn't understand it from a human level completely yet. But here, Jesus is... 18 jumps right into it with Jesus on his way here to in the gar- to the garden of Gethsemane where he will be betrayed so we'll go ahead and start after saying these things Jesus crossed the Kidron Valley with his disciples and entered a grove of olive trees Judas the the betrayer knew this place because Jesus had often gone there with his disciples The leading priests and Pharisees had given Judas a contingent of Roman soldiers and temple guards to accompany him. Now with blazing torches, lanterns, and weapons, they arrived at the olive grove. And with torches, lanterns, weapons, all that, obviously this indicates that he's some kind of political threat. Oh, they're coming ready. They're packing yeah. heat. Like, they're ready. They know this is going to go down. Yeah, it's, this is a political threat. He just, this is not good for business here. Verse 4. Jesus fully realized all the things that was going to happen to him. So he stepped forward to meet them. Who are you looking for, he asked. <laughs> Jesus, the Nazarene, they replied. I am he, Jesus said. Judas, who betrayed him, was standing with them. As Jesus said, I am he. They all drew back and fell to the ground. Once more he asked them, Who are you looking for? And again they replied, Jesus the Nazarene. I told you that I am he, Jesus said. And since I am the one you want, let these others go. He did this to fulfill his own statement. I did not lose a single one of those you have given me. This is huge in so many different ways. I couldn't break down every single one of them here in just these last couple of verses. But notice it says when Jesus asked, who are they looking for? And he replied, I am he, which is an I am statement, which goes back to the Old Testament of a claim of his deity and his equality with God. Yeah, he's not just like, hey, that's me. Like, it's yeah. I am, the great I am. And we're getting ready 
Jesus steps forward and says, let these others go. So this is the payment here for us of, of, of sin right here with Jesus taking this all upon him. Let these others go. But before that, as soon as he says, I am he, they all fell to the ground. Again, in a, a very, very important statement of his deity and who he was. And very prophetic. And I like verse 9. He did this to fulfill his own statement. I mean, that's that's like Jesus is God. Like, that's what it almost seems like John's trying to make a point here in this whole just couple of verses. Like Jesus is God. This, Jesus yeah. is God. <laughs> well, and that just makes it so amazing. You have so many groups out there today that acknowledge Jesus to some degree, but they take away this. Oh, yeah. Divinity of. Divinity yeah. They're saying of that, that. Yeah. It's a and it's a very popular uh, doctrine, actually. Travis and I were talking about it. It's it's kind of gaining steam, where it doesn't Imagine consider that. Christ as is as God. Yeah, you know, he was the Son of God, but he wasn't as God. And whenever you do that, that's dangerous. Just because you don't understand it doesn't mean that you can make up your own little. Yeah, idea on what that is it, it's statement right here no i mean they fell to the ground that you know you think they did that <laughs> willingly like that's the power of yeah we can't comprehend it i can't. mean this is just we can't so far beyond so we'll pick it up in verse 10 then Simon Peter drew a sword and slashed off the right ear of Malchus, the high priest's slave. But Jesus said to Peter, Put your sword back into its sheath. Shall I not drink from the cup of suffering the Father has given me? Notice what he says there. Shall I not drink from the cup of suffering the Father has given me? The Father gave his son suffering. For our sins. That's that's just. That's insane for what. Had to be. What had to be for the forgiveness of sin. The fact that the son had to come. Suffer the father's wrath. Because the, the cup of suffering is always synonymous with God's wrath. Yep. We see this same reflection in Job. It's that's really deep and i mean that's the power of sin that's why none of these things are serious that's why you can't you know we can't be accepting we can't be passive we can't we have to hold firm because when you look at it like that you're like the creator of the universe had to pour out his cup of wrath on his own son that that's really really deep for something that the flesh is responsible for so it's not something that we should take lightly and 
any anyway. All right, verse 12. So the soldier <clears throat> excuse me. So the soldiers, their commanding officer, and the temple guards arrested Jesus and tied him up. First they took him to Annas, since he was the father-in-law of Caiaphas, the high priest at the time. Caiaphas was the one who told the other Jewish leaders, it is better that one man should die for the people. Simon Peter followed Jesus, as did the other disciples. That other disciple was acquainted with the high priest, so he was allowed to enter the high priest's courtyard with Jesus. Peter had to stay outside the gate. Then the disciple who knew the high priest spoke to the woman watching at the gate, and she let Peter in. The woman asked Peter, You're not one of that man's disciples, are you? No, he said, I am not. First denial. First time that Jesus told Peter that he will deny him three times, and Peter swore up and down, uh-uh. Absolutely not. Why I would, would I never, ever, ever do that. Mm -hmm. And look how simple it was for Peter. He just goes, nope, I am not. He just saw Jesus get arrested. He's following and He has no idea what's going on. Nope, not me. Verse 18. Because it was cold, the household servants and the guards had made a charcoal fire. They stood around it warming themselves, and Peter stood with them, warming himself. Inside, the high priest began asking Jesus about his followers and what he had been teaching them. Jesus replied, Everyone knows what I teach. I have preached regularly in the synagogues and the temple where the people gather. I have not spoken in secret. And why are you asking me this question? Ask those who heard me. They know what I said. Then one of the temple guards standing nearby slapped Jesus across the face. Is this the way to answer the high priest, he demanded? Jesus replied, if I said anything wrong, you must prove it. But if I'm speaking truth, why are you beating me? Then Annas bound Jesus and sent him to Caiaphas, the high priest. Meanwhile, as Simon Peter was standing by the fire warming himself, they asked him again, You're not one of his disciples, are you? He denied it, saying, No, I am not. There's the second time. But one of the household slaves of the high priest, a relative of the man whose ear Peter had cut off, asked, Didn't I see you over out there in the olive grove with Jesus? Again, Peter denied it, and immediately a rooster crowed. <laughs> this whole... There you go again. This is the third time that Peter... Denied Jesus when Jesus told him you'll deny me three times. It goes so deep in so many different ways. This is just such an immediate, you know, and a very meaningful and interesting story. Because you're like, why would Peter do this? Why would Jesus let the, you know, why would this happen? You know, he was a disciple. Yeah. Or, you know, he was chosen. He was, you can see, he's clearly... Why would he let him fail miserable? And, but at the same time, it's, it's, it's an example to us about how impossible it is to completely obey. How impossible life is, anything is, even in the perfect situation without Christ taking you through it. Because 
Peter walked with Jesus. He knew Jesus. He loved Jesus. He was just having Passover and sharing tears. And and then all of a sudden, just like nothing, he's just like, nope, don't know. Well, and it's like so easy to read all this stuff and be like, Peter, what's your problem? How can you say that? Like, you saw him do these things. You can be bold in that. Like, mm-hmm. but how many times have we been in a situation where we're afraid or it's people we know and we don't want to deal with the repercussions or, or how they view us or right. think of we us? We don't want to like, stand up. That's ah, not my place we to We don't want to stand here. up bold for Christ because we're embarrassed. We're scared. These people were people that knew him and they recognize hey you're here so just like you're you know your close circle of friends you're talking you're like oh no 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 i'm not really like that you well because who are those friends or family members that you have in your life that you know like i know them they don't want to hear it. it's just gonna be an argument it's just gonna be whatever so where you're eh, like i'm not religious like that yeah you know even that gets dangerous yeah. when because sometimes when you're not saying that you're saying that you don't know god at all because most of the time, that's what it boils down to. Most most of the time, it boils down to somebody told you once that you were sinning because of your way of life and you didn't like it, So, you, but you still wanted to believe in God, so you decided that you're going to de- de- deny all form of religion because it told you what you didn't want to hear, but you'll hang tight to God. And while you could be, you know, a lot of times you could be right about religion, but... Uh, You know, unfortunately, the attitude that comes with it is usually just something that aids to your sinful lifestyle. And that's just something that will naturally. So we're not that far away from where Peter is right here. Not at all. This is us. So, verse. Where am I at, Heidi? 28. I knew that. But I haven't scrolled down to 28, so maybe I didn't know that. Are you good? I'm all right now. All right. Jesus' trial before Caiaphas ended in the early hours of the morning. Then he was taken to the headquarters of the Roman governor. His accusers didn't go inside because it would defile them, as they wouldn't be allowed to celebrate Passover. <laughs> I love, ooh, they're worried about... Nah, they're taking Jesus in there, but heaven forbid they would go inside and defile themselves before Passover. Because, again, understanding and knowing Jewish law and regulation, it's very specific, the things you can and cannot do to be considered ceremonially clean Clean or or unclean for the things. Like we're reading in Samuel with, for Samuel with the kids. And, you know, when David doesn't show up at the first night of dinner, so I was like, okay, must be ceremonially unclean. And the kids are like, wait, how do you, you know, but there's just very specific stuff. But it's funny that they're so focused on these things to keep them right before the, you know, eyes of the Lord. Mm -hmm. But yet they're murdering the Messiah. Yeah, they're so poised. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. They're, they're taking the, yeah, exactly. I mean, all of the little points of the law and point it and, and wouldn't want to be, wouldn't want to break those. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we're going to murder the Messiah. And honestly, what difference do we do today? Or the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, even as a nation, we act like we want to obey God when we want to do these things that we never yet most of the things that we do lead our God directly. 
Yep. Directly to blasphemy, the in blasphemy his name, and we do the same exact thing. Yep. All right, verse twenty-six. No. What? Twenty-nine. Twenty-nine. What? Oh, dyslexia caught me again. <laughs> Twenty-nine. So Pilate, the governor, went out to ask him, "What is your charge against this man?" I knew it because I had the verse right here and i'm looking at it and it's 29 okay and my head flipped the six and the nine bless your heart yeah i don't it happens sometimes happens often 29 no you just did 29 yeah no i i I was saying like 29 not six so now there's 30 now that everybody's confused there's 30 we wouldn't have handed him over to you if he weren't a criminal, they retorted. Then take him away and judge him by your own law, Pilate told him. Only the Romans are permitted to, ex- permitted to execute someone, the Jewish leaders replied. This fulfilled Jesus' prediction about the way that he would die. Then Pilate went back into his headquarters and asked for Jesus to be brought to him. Are you the king of the Jews, he asked him. Jesus replied, Is this your own question, or did others tell you about me? Am I a Jew, Pilate retorted? Your own people and their leading priests brought you to me for trial. Why? What have you done? Pilate's question here is, he's trying to test Jesus to see if he's a threat to Rome's power. That's what he's asking. That's this whole dialogue here is he's trying to assess whether or not he needs to worry about this so that's very important to what jesus answer is in verse 36 otherwise the it looks kind of like look that's a really weird thing to say dude especially to somebody that is you know this, this whole dialogue between him and Pilate. you're just like it's funny but in Jesus is answering very prophetically and very direct, and but what's Pilate think, getting at? But what's he getting at here? And and Pilate's trying to assess whether or not Jesus is going to be a is some kind of political threat because obviously, if the Jews brought him to him on his on this festival time. What is going on? I mean, these they don't usually get this worked up during their holy days, you know, with somebody. So, so there's got to, is this guy for real? Like, is this, is this something that I have to be worried about? So that's what Jesus' answers reflects on verse 36. But it's also very important for uh, many different things here. It's verse 36. Jesus answered, my kingdom is not an earthly kingdom. If it were, my followers would fight to keep me from being handed over to the Jewish leaders. But my kingdom is not of this world. His kingdom is not during this time period. This time, this place, this, this kingdom that Pilate had, this government system that the world is working on, is not Christ's kingdom. You can't get the two confused. Christ has a rule and reign over all. 
especially in over all of our believers and he is ruling and reigning from heaven and he is ruling from his heavenly kingdom but that has not been realized here on our in our reality in our time yet and that's what Jesus is saying is he's saying my my kingdom is not of this world of this one the direct one that Pilate is speaking of that he's wondering if Jesus is a threat to the question that he's answering listen guy I'm not trying to come and overthrow Rome I'm not trying to come and change this earthly system no 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 this this kingdom is different this kingdom is a lot different it lives by complete different principles but it's alive and well and more real than this little time frame that we're in now. Everything that we see now is just a horrible foreshadowing of the truth and what will be unveiled to us in his kingdom. But it's not of this one yet. It's not fully realized. This is a verse that people that hold to this kingdom now theology will go to and they will point different different directions. But it's direct. It's not an earthly kingdom. He didn't come to rebuild this system that we have here. He came in to bring complete new principles to build a body for himself to be able to take and then return and bring about his true earthly worldly kingdom his political kingdom from the head in Jerusalem that's the one that he's bringing in full but he's doing that we're not doing that in how you don't see that in this being a direct answer to Pilate's question, I don't know. Because he's, he's answering whether or not he's a political threat. It's like, I'm not trying to do this here. This is not mine. Satan offered the kingdoms of the world to Jesus, which is a lie. I mean, he was a great deceiver. But we still know Satan is the god of this world. And he does have influence. He's on a very short leash. Very short leash. Don't think that God controls everything that he does. He still works inside of a box. He works against God, but that's how sovereign God is. Is He has control over something that's out of control. And something that's very... It's mind-blowing, but... He has control and influence over this worldly, fallen, broken system. It's not something that you and I can fight against. It's something bigger, something not of this world. That is promised to be established at his second coming. just not now and that's very important how 
<clears throat> you live your life and you view things. Because you can get way tangled up with Pilate in your affairs in Rome here. And completely forget Christ in front of you and the different set of principles that you have to live by. So verse 37. Pilate said, so you are a king? Jesus responded, you say I'm a king. Actually, I was born and came into the world to testify to the truth. And all who love the truth recognize that what I say is true. What is truth? Pilate asked. Then he went out again to the people and told them, He's not guilty of any crime. All right, Pilate asked him, What is truth? He, he realized that He's like, okay, that this is not a threat to my system because he's not establishing any kind of foundation for truth. He's saying that his people recognize his truth and they know what he says is true. So Pilate goes, okay, he's, he's clearly not. What, what is your truth then? Then he went out and told the people, he's not guilty of any crime. I, I don't, you, you say that he's done all these things. He clearly is not a threat to Rome. And I really don't care. I don't know what y'all's about issue your, is. About your Jew stuff. That's, this is all you. Well, and me. can you imagine how worked up these guys were when they were coming to Pilate with this stuff? Like, can you just imagine they're like, okay, think of a Jew getting worked up. Oh. Now think of that like on steroids because oh. this is somebody claiming to be the Messiah. So oh, imagine I can't even imagine. what they went to Pilate just losing their marbles about. And this has been going if on. If you, you know? see some of those, like, oh my goodness. The preacher, street preacher in Israel stuff. Is that what you're thinking of? Yeah. Well, so you think I of mean, that. So you think of like... The level of which... Travis got really obsessed with those for a while. Our son is so obsessed with them, And yeah. he was watching them, and this one lady that doesn't... But these just... Oh, my gosh. But think they of that. They sit in there, they so punch them, they so, throw crap Yeah, so imagine them. what Pilate just had coming yeah, into him imagine. with this freaking out. And then he meets Jesus, and Jesus, number one, stays quiet most of the time. Then answers in these very, like, calm, it's direct though, answers. And Pilate's like, what y'all's deal? Like, can you imagine how crazy that must be? That there's still a lot of West, there is a lot of Western influence over there. You can still tell that there's still Middle Eastern ancient practices that these people still of go course. by and act like these are the same acting people that were back then. I mean, 2,000 years ago, they were the same exact way. I couldn't imagine. They're the most violent, like, just like in your face people sure when it's i mean when there's two of them they're arguing about torah like you have not seen a more spirited argument no of course not i mean they get up and they get all red and worked up and they've got their hands going and i mean so, you, so again just imagine what I pilot imagine. must have had like laid on his plate about this person and then he meets and is like interrogating yeah, they're very, Jesus and very is like intense what? people. Very intense people. 
So that's funny when it's you see his important. response here, and he's like, "What do you want or, me to do with yeah, this?" Yeah, and they're freaking <laughs> out. I mean, they are. They are. That's why the the importance of stressing this is, if you knew anything about these, is they're just like, you know, I don't want to make any stereotypes or jokes, but they like New Yorkers, like just like a bunch of really really upset New Yorkers. Well, yeah, how we think of like, like a stereotypical view yeah. of like chaos and screaming and yelling and getting all worked up and shouting and all of this other stuff like but that's a very yeah or like know. anybody from the northeast i guess you would say <laughs> not just new york yes i would that would go across many northeastern states <laughs> sorry northeasterners i love you but they all know it's true well, it's well, you know what's in the south too though because we got we got redneck rants well, down you know, here no you know what's funny it's is just, i used to always read that blog young house love mm-hmm. remember well she's from the northeast and he's from the southeast mm-hmm. and so they're talking about it and he's like no like she goes all jersey shore on me whenever and <laughs> she thinks she's just having a discussion and he's a good old boy from virginia so she starts getting spirited <laughs> yeah and he's like how did me calm yeah. down and they get like it gets intense like a southern guy wants to fight She's like, no, we we're just talking. <laughs> I was like, well, you resounded really angry. I thought this was on a whole different level. <laughs> so, yeah, anyway, that's what these people were like. Like, So you can imagine, poor pilot. I didn't think those words would ever come out of your mouth. <laughs> but I I think it does sh- kind, of, kind of show an interesting... Although the scripture does reflect pilot is a very, very interesting, puzzling character. And historically... We have, and up until recently, we had no real documentation outside of the Bible of Pilate being uh, alive or even um, being in Israel at this point of time. But it's a new, um, I mean, we know because we believe the Bible is true. So you don't doubt anything that the Bible says. It's just that sometimes it takes a minute for history and research, I guess, to 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 come up but it it has in the past i don't remember i think it's when the within the past hundred years that we found um doc- complete documentation and we actually found the stone that was dedicated to Pilate, governor of judea over there which is fascinating i mean this is something that even you know the roman catholic church doesn't doubt at all and you know it's he was actually a real real person but uh scripture kind of views him as a very interesting character being in a very very interesting spot because we know you know it says well, Pilate mixed blood with some sacrifice of some Jews, and he looked like he was a pretty bi- bad guy to to the Jews. But at the same time, we don't really have record that this was, and it doesn't seem biblically that the Jews didn't have any sort of real difficulty under Pilate. Matter of fact, I mean, there were, there seemed to be lots of lots of israel getting really really comfy with rome under Pilate is what it looks like so 
that I mean that's interesting in itself. You know, Israel trying to whore themselves out to other nations like they've always done throughout their history. It it's most likely obviously what they were doing during this period of time. This is a very very interesting period of time that a lot of information has been destroyed and lost because of earthquakes, fires, just all kinds of of things that have happened during that period of time, but still the things that we have left um just to uncover a lot of fascinating information that um does just kind of put you in a puzzling position wondering what you how you should feel about certain people in history and pilot kind of is one of those because it kind of appears like he didn't necessarily want to do this to jesus it was it wasn't that he was out to get him you know it was like man maybe this maybe there's something to this guy you know, um, and then obviously later on how we see the first Roman convert, you know, so it, it, it just kind of makes you wonder what, what direction maybe Pilate would have went with it. But here he didn't want to. And he said, no, not going to deal with it. Why don't you guys go deal with him? But then he was put in a position where he was forced to was literally the people of God were forcing mm-hmm. them to kill this man. And he even said, you know, he even brought back here going into verse 40. Did you already um, read 39? Well, no, I didn't read 39. So we'll just go ahead and read 39 real quick and going back into it. But you have a custom of asking me to release one prisoner each year at Passover. Would you like me to release this king of the Jews? Love how he refers to him as the king, the of, king the of the Jews. The king of the Jews. Yeah, and he does that. That's why I think he does mm-hmm. that kind of antagonizing them a little bit. So we've shared with you guys the Bible show that we love so much on Netflix. Mm-hmm. It's the one that History Channel did, right? Say, no, he's not our king. But yeah. in, obviously they had to take some liberties because we don't have every detail of every scene or whatever. But the way they portrayed... Caiaphas and Pilate and their relationship and these things going on and, and this part here. I feel like they did a really good job with this. They just did to because they, this. they sh- what they did is they took they took a liberty that's in scripture that we know from that, but it's not a historical liberty that we can prove because we know that Rome definitely wasn't kind to sure. the Jews. However, this time under Pilate as governor of Judea, mm-hmm. there was a lot of exception. I mean, this area was a really, really wonky area. And and Rome had Rome. This was a generally peaceful time for all the nations around. Sure. It wasn't like Rome was specifically at this time specifically going out and torturing Jews. And, sure. and no, it was it was. Yeah, it was pretty good time. It was making America, gra- making Rome and, and Israel great again. <laughs> she accidentally, I accidentally did it, but I did it on purpose because it was it was it's this time thing. that they married. They tried, they attempted marrying the two, and and it wasn't just this time. They've done it all throughout their history. But what makes it so much relevant to our understanding today is, I guess, this is where we get our modern form of it. I mean, this is within, even though this is two thousand years ago. We're talking about something now that was in 
the first century of our time frame. The first hundred years of our time period that we're talking about right now. We're in the year 2019. In the first hundred years of this time period. That's not that long when you think about it. And no, especially when we realize, you know, when, when you begin to understand different concepts about time and, and where different things like that. It's not very long at all. And it's very relatable to where we are today and how we must look at things and how we can apply this. Because this keeps going on. You know, as soon as, however long that we have left here before the return of Christ, you understand that these governments and the system and these things, they're going to get larger and more oppressive. And it's, it's, it's just going to keep getting worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. All right. Verse 40. So, dang it, that was a weird place to stop. <laughs> but first, Flory. But they shouted back, no, not this man. We want Barabbas. Barabbas was a revolutionary. Okay, so Pilate's asking them, well, you want me to release this guy? Or this prisoner that is a revolutionary that has completely rebelled against Rome? Probably killed some people. Probably a murderer. So but, somebody who legitimately was there for a reason, who they had an issue with because of stuff oh, he we, did. Yeah, we not probably a murderer he was. And there's very, very interesting um, name play on his name. And I encourage everyone... To look up John Piper's take on Barabbas or Jesus. I think that's what it's called, actually. Mm -hmm. So if you go on John Piper's Barabbas or Jesus. It's a good one. It's fascinating. Yeah. And he brings up the name play of Barabbas's name. What it means. Because Bar always means son. Yep. In Hebrew. Yep. So that's, and actually I think it's uh, Aramaic too, is Bar. Pretty mm -hmm. sure. But Barabbas means son of the father. Yeah. Son of the father. Interesting. Isn't that? Of all the people, Pilate could have possibly people. been like, hey, what about this guy? Yeah. Son of the father with the son of the father right there. The and true son of the father, Jesus. Yeah. But no, we wanted, we wanted Satan. We wanted the son of the father of this world. Mm -hmm. yep. Not we, they, but, but we might as well. But how often do we but how often do, we do right the same thing? Boat. So, but yes, and Brav is probably, yeah, he definitely committed many crimes. If he was a revolutionary... He most likely killed people. Yeah, that didn't stole. mean revolutionary then didn't mean like he was just loud holding picketing signs no. next to news cameras. Like no. that's not what revolutionary. No, he meant. slit some throats, stole some stuff, didn't really care about anything. Yeah. So it was a, it was, he was a pretty rough dude and that's that's who they that's who they gave Christ up to. 
So on that cheerful note, we don't get any happier from here in the in wrapping up John until the, actually the very end. So yes, we do get a, a lot more happy, but these next cup this next couple chapters here is going to be a little bit more darker. Anything else? Nope. All right, guys, enjoy your day.